Welcome to the Self-Care with Marissa Rader podcast. I'm your host, Marissa, and I am a certified life coach and self-care expert. I'm making it my mission to help busy women build a self-care-centered lifestyle because self-care is so much more than just pampering yourself. Society leads us to believe that basic rights like taking a warm bath or having our hair done is self-care, but I'm here to change that narrative. I'm going to teach you how I went from overwhelmed, stressed to the max, and burned out on life to thriving and loving the life I'm building, and it all started with making a commitment to myself. So what do you say? Are you ready to commit to your own personal development journey? Let me lead you to the path of happiness and contentment. That's right, the one that leads you to a life you truly love. Let's get started. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Self-Care with Marissa Rader. I have another special guest and you guys, this woman is amazing and I know I say that every time, but she has got so so many amazing things going on. Um, she is a fellow farm wife, so we've kind of connected that way a little bit, but I'm going to let her introduce herself to you. And I'm super excited for you to get to meet her. Well, thank you so much, Marissa. You are far too kind. <laughs> my name is Jenna Auctioner. And like you said, I am a fellow farm wife. Uh, my husband and I farm on his family's fifth. He's the fifth generation in So his family's fifth generation farm in South central Nebraska, we grow commercial corn and soybeans. And then we also have a commercial herd of Angus beef cattle and we raise all of them. And then some of them we'll keep back and put into our own direct to consumer beef company. So we'll, we raise those cattle birth to butcher and we finish them ourselves with a ration. The family has kind of fine tuned over the last several decades and then they'll get processed at a USDA facility. And then we can sell that those cuts of meats to consumers locally, and we can ship it nationwide as well. Um, in addition to that, my, there's also a family crop insurance business. I don't really take part in that much. My husband's an agent. I'm sure someday my time will come to learn more about that, but right now I'm not, and that's okay. <laughs> we have two little boys. They are five and one and a half that are just full of life. We joke that, you know, they always say like farm kids are born with dirt in their boots. It's real. I'm like, I swear my kids were born with dirt in their boots. They love everything about farm life, which is awesome and fun to be raising the sixth generation here. Um, and then in addition to the farm stuff, I also have an off the farm job. I am a labor and delivery nurse. I have cut back. I used to work full-time, but now I'm working part-time. And as my husband's and I's responsibility kind of becomes bigger here on the farm, I've been cutting back little by little on that job as the farm needs me more. But nursing has been a great job, to a great career to have when being married to a farmer. And it is something I adore. So it's been kind of bittersweet to cut back a little bit because it's a very fulfilling job. But yeah, that's kind of the gist of me, I think. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, I seriously love it. And I, they can't see your face, but I can right now. And just like the way it, you light up when you talk about it, like I can just tell that your heart is in like everything that, that you're doing. And I seriously love it. So you are a nurse, you said labor and delivery. And that's, that was kind of like your first passion. Were you like, did you know you were going to be a farm wife yet when you were choosing that path? Or was that something that just like, it all kind of came together at the same time? 
No, I didn't. And it's kind of funny. So Levi and I did date most of my college career. And there was one point in our relationship where he said, why don't you just come drop out of school and come be my farm wife? And I was like, uh, no, stay in your lane. I'm going to get a degree in a career. But now looking back, I'm like, why didn't I listen to him? Then I wouldn't have all these student loans. <laughs> so no, it's not necessarily something that I knew that was going to happen. I think in college, I did know Levi was the one and we were going to end up together, but I still saw the value in me having an off the farm job, especially for health insurance purposes. And nursing was actually not when I went into college, it's not what I thought I was going to do. I actually have a degree in nutrition and exercise science. That was my first bachelor's degree. And I was going to use that as a stepping stone into a different health field. And then we got married and then shortly after we got pregnant and it just was not going to work for me to go back to a more intensive program. So then we found, uh, an accelerated nursing program, 30 minutes down the road from us. And it just kind of fell into line. I had all of the prerequisites and it was a program I could get. It's actually a second bachelor's degree, which that's just kind of how things fell into place. But, um, it was an 11 month accelerated intensive program. And I was able to get that bachelor's in nursing. And so that just kind of, that's where the path took me. It's never what I thought I was going to do, but I went right into, I loved my labor and delivery rotation and I loved the girls on that floor. And then I did my preceptorship with them. And then I started my job right after I graduated. So that's only, it's been my only nursing job, but I am so glad that that's where my path led me. It was definitely where I was meant to be. Oh, I love that. And so there's a lot of women who listen and they are like, I, I'm in my thirties or, and I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Like, I don't really know what my passion is. And I think the lesson in that is that no one ever really knows. Like there, it's a very select few that are like, I knew in first grade that I was going to be a teacher. And then that's what I became. And I did it for the next 40 years and I retired and that was my life. <laughs> you know, like that's not typical anymore anyway. And I think that that's okay for women to hear. Like that wasn't what I originally was going to do, but that's where it led me. And I'm so glad that I trusted, you know, like, was it like a gut instinct that was kind of leading you that whole time? Or were you trying to use like logic and reason or kind of what, what led you there? So a lot of things, I think, uh, prayer for sure is something that helped me. My husband has always been so encouraging. And he, I remember early in our relationship when I'd be struggling, he would just say, Jenna, just pray for clarity, pray for a clear answer and God will show you what you're supposed to do. So that was huge. And then I just had some huge obstacles with doing, um, another program that I wanted to go to physician assistant school initially. And the programs were over two hours from the farm and it just like, wasn't going to work because I was a newlywed and I wanted to nurture that relationship with my husband and my priorities just kind of shifted. And, um, early in our relationship, I would have said you were crazy. Like, no, I'm going to go to medical school. I'm going to go to physician school. I'm going to do something like I, the farm and Levi will be there when I get done. But then it's funny, just as you grow and mature, how your priorities shift and your relationships mature and that you just kind of do figure out where you're supposed to be at that time. So it was definitely, we just kind of rolled with the punches and, uh, kind of just let us where God took us. And I'm thankful that's where it ended up, but it was a lot of prayer. And I think too, something that my, I remember my brother telling me once as like a change is getting closer. Is the excitement bubble building or is the anxiety bubble building? And if the anxiety bubble is building, then maybe that's not the right change. But if the excitement bubble is building, then that probably is where you're supposed to lead. So kind of leaning into your own thoughts that way as well. 
Oh, I love that. That's such a good analogy. Tell your brother, thank you for sharing. Yes, I will. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But you mentioned having, like knowing your priorities and how those changed. And so I think that that's also super important for women to hear because they feel like I've defined my values and these are my priorities. And so I have to stick with them or people are going to think I'm a fraud or they're going to think that, you know, like I couldn't hack it. I couldn't go to medical school. Like I couldn't, you know, like whatever. But when you know deep down what you value and you take the time to get to know yourself and like you said, spend that time in prayer and ask for clarity it starts to show itself. And then none of those things matter anymore. Like I was the same way I was going to go to medical school. Actually, I was, I told my high school English teacher in my junior year of high school, I'm going to do anything but teach. (laughs) (laughs) And like five and a half years later, I was pursuing a teaching degree. So (laughs) God laughs when you tell him certain things. (laughs) Oh yeah. I, my parents still laugh that I'm married to a farmer and that I am so deep and a big part of it because in high school, I was not going to stay in Nebraska. I was going to go be a big city dreamer. I was, I was for sure. I had this, the, this vision. I was going to live in Boston and it was such a cool city. I wanted to check it out. And now here I am 30 minutes down the road from my hometown in a town with a population of 47 in the middle of nowhere. And I couldn't be happier. So yeah, God does laugh. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because I was honestly the same way. I grew up in a town of 700 people and, and it was very similar. Like I cannot wait to get out of here. Like I didn't even go to the biggest college like near us because I only graduated with 15 people and like 11 people were signed up to go to college there. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to be like everybody else. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I still ended up on a farm in the middle of Iowa. So (laughs) yes. Funny how that works out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. So obviously um, your husband has an entrepreneur mindset or, or he wouldn't (laughs) be able to make it on the farm. And What's funny to me is like my husband's entrepreneur mindset is a lot different than mine is as a business owner, but it's, it brings so many different characteristics to business. I think when you see it through their eyes and so obviously he farms, they have crop insurance that they Mm -hmm. sell and he, he sells, but now you guys do your own butchering and like you raise your own beef and you ship it nationwide. And so what led you to that point in life? What made you just think like, let's add one more thing to the, <laughs> to so the this, is, this is a funny story. So we've sold beef locally by the whole and half and quarter yep. for Levi's family has done it for decades. But so we, I went to nursing school. I started when Stetson was three months old. So then he was just over one when I finished And I got a job and I, the orientation process for labor and delivery is pretty long. And there's a lot to learn because there's a lot that can happen in labor and delivery. And I was kind of done with that and feeling more confident as a nurse. And I was working my three nights a week and Stetson was a good sleeper, a good napper. And it was just kind of him and I at home during the day. And we just had a good routine. And I was like, I'm kind of bored, Levi. Like I only work three nights a week. You don't need my help all that much, except during the busy seasons. Like I'm bored. What, what else can I do? (laughs) And so then we started brainstorming ideas about diversifying the farming operation, which I do think being an agriculture is important to be diversified. And at the time the cattle markets weren't the greatest. And so Levi thought if we can cut out the middleman and capitalize on 
uh, this herd we already have invested in a little bit better, that could potentially be a good diversification option for our farm. So it honestly was born out of boredom, which is hilarious because now looking back, I'm like, what was I thinking? I thought I had all this time and I did it, <laughs> but that's okay. I'm glad we did it. I've met incredible people through the process and, uh, learned a ton. And it really does just fill our cup being able to take beef that was raised right. And right here on our family farm and feed families all across the country. It, it really is pretty incredible. Yes. And, oh, that's too funny that you were bored because yeah. that sounds like something that I would say or do. And be, my husband's like, no, no, you're not like, <laughs> You don't know what board is, mm-hmm, no. <laughs> but, um, so I love that you mentioned because, um, people are getting a little farm education here from us today, but cutting out that middleman because beef prices were not the greatest for quite mm-hmm. a while there. Um, and it really hurt the American farmer and a lot of family farms cease to exist now because of it. And everybody's like, but I was paying top dollar for beef at the grocery store. And, you know, but it wasn't the farmers who were reaping the benefits of it. It was the packing plants and, you know, those things. So I love that you guys were like, no, we're going to, we're going to do this our way. And you, you know, once again, you know, your values in your family farm and that you raise these animals the right way. And that that's how everybody should, you know, experience beef. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. A lot of people don't know what, I mean, the people in the Midwest usually do, but when you get out in other places, heavy, heavily populated places, they don't know what they're missing. Oh, huh. even I went to the university of Nebraska in Lincoln, which is just an hour and a half from our farm, but um, so many of my friends from college had never even been on a gravel road and had no idea about farming or where their food came from. And they're really, they're in Nebraska where 98% of the land in Nebraska is used for agriculture and they, but they were in the city and they still didn't know that's just, that's how disconnected the rest of the world is from agriculture. And it, it is so, so important. Levi was kind of actually ready to get out of cattle. He was just like, is this even worth it anymore? But we had our one, our oldest son and, I said, no, let's hang on. Cause I think it's so important for kids to be a part of that and to see the circle of life and to see proper humane animal husbandry. I just think that teaches so many lifelong lessons that I was like, let's just hang on for a little bit longer. Our kids will get a little bit older and they can help. And so that was the starting of the beef beef thing kind of, um, lit some passion for Levi too to keep pushing forward with the cattle. Cause he was kind of getting burned out because it's a lot of work. And then he felt like he wasn't getting paid for all the work that he did. Yes. No, first off, farmers are so proud of their animals. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not all of them. There are those, you know, like factory farm type settings where it's just an animal and it's just a job and it's whatever. But when they are home raised, like what our husbands do, it is like a whole different ball game. You are getting a pet. You're not getting, you're not getting like a, a, you know, like feedlot cattle by any means. And so my husband is always so proud when, you know, like we have people over and he gets to serve them our, our home raised steak or whatever it is. And I just love that because it is, it is just a passion for them. Oh yeah, absolutely. um, uh, I love what, when I get to hear that other people experience that too. <laughs> yes, for sure. Oh, and your boys. So you said one and a half and five. Yes. And just love the farm. 
Oh yeah. Stetson truly, he's the five-year-old. I, he truly believes that the farm does not operate without him. Like he is a working member of this operation, which I adore. And I pray every day that he doesn't lose that sense of passion and work ethic. Uh, we always, Levi and I always said we would never push our kids to farm, but we wanted to give them the opportunity if they wanted to. And now we joke, we feel like we wouldn't be able to keep Stetson from farming, even if he wanted to. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. And so obviously you have a lot of, um, your priorities, you know, like your, your work, your family and things like that. What do you do to stay on, not necessarily on top of all of it, but what do you do for yourself to keep you from getting burned out and getting wore down and overwhelmed by all of the things? So I have definitely pushed myself to the point of burnout, which I don't recommend, but it's kind of a learning thing as you grow and mature and you, you kind of have to figure out what grounds you and what helps you stay in a good place of sanity for your family. And exercise has been huge for me. Um, it's funny, like I got my degree in nutrition and exercise science and I loved it. And then I would work out, but it was just kind of here and there, whatever, but Making that an, a commitment and doing it, moving my body almost, almost every day of the week, it's been like starting my day like that. It's just clear. It clears my mind so well. It really does do the endorphins, the everything. It's so good for your body and so incredible. That's been great for my mind. Um, when It's a long story about... Uh, we built a house when we first got married. It was not our plan, but there was toxic mold in the old house and it was deadly. And so we had to tear it down. That's a story for a different day. Anyways, we, I wasn't, I'd never took baths at that point. So I didn't put like a big fancy bathtub in our master bathroom. And now I regret that because I do take baths a lot. And since having children and I just have to use the same tub my kids use, which is fine. Um, it's just not quite as relaxing with their toys everywhere, but I do try to find time for baths and just like, even if it's 10 or 15 minutes to just like relax, it's dark, not look at anything, not look at a screen. Don't talk to anybody, just kind of like some me time. And I've also had to just the other day, Levi, uh, asked what I was doing. And I said, I'm just sitting here. I feel like I've been running all day and I'm just going to sit for a little bit. And I I've really had to learn, had to learn that it's okay to do that because busy, we're all busy moms, wives, we have 400 things to do and it's okay to sit down and just not do anything for a little bit. And it's taken me a long time to get there. Actually, Late, it was early, late this summer, early fall. I, I had, I do have a history of migraines and I pushed my body to a point this fall where I had like a seven day headache that just wouldn't go away. And it was like a wake up call, like Jenna, it's time to calm down and reprioritize and take care of yourself. So I did start, uh, getting massages more frequently. Actually, some friends at work were like, you have to take that time for yourself. You have to get the massage before it's like a a bandaid. You need to do it as preventative. So just really listening to my body. And it's crazy how your muscles can feel like build all that tension from the mental, physical stress, everything can hold in your muscles too. And then it causes a lot of headaches for me. So I have had to learn to kind of slow down and take time for myself that way, which it's hard to do as a mom, because if you think about getting a massage, it's like, okay, I have to make sure somebody can watch my kids. I have to get there. I have to lay there and be still for an hour and then get home. That's a lot of time, but in the long run, it's worth it. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And I, I love that you do those things and that 
you have kind of, you have some things that are routine. And so like you're moving your body almost every day, you are scheduling your massages and things like that. But you also know when you've gotten to the point where you can tell when you just need that minute to just stop and, and just be and kind of be present and in the moment and just like not think or do anything, which like you said, that is so hard. I struggle with that still. And it's something that I try to practice every day. And um, yeah, I think that that's amazing that you're, you can recognize that in yourself, that it's time, it's time to ground myself. (laughs) Yeah. And even if, I mean, I know, and some of that stuff can be expensive, but I have friends that they just budget that into their finances. They're like, I, even if it's just a 30 minute massage every other month or something like that. Do something for yourself and just, you have to make that a priority for sure. Exactly. No, I completely agree with that. That's like basically the basis of my entire business is teaching women that that kind of stuff is okay because (laughs) otherwise you end up with a seven day long migraine and then that doesn't help anybody. (laughs) No, Mm -mm. because then you can't be a mom, you can't be a wife and you're miserable. And then look at how far behind you get on your to-do list where if you just would have, if I just would have taken care of myself a little bit better than that, that might've been preventable. So that was a really, really big wake, wake up call for me. And it was, it was just a few months ago. It was in August. So I'm definitely still learning. (laughs) You know what though? I think that that's completely okay because there are going to be times in life, you know, happiness and like living a fulfilled life isn't a destination. You don't just magically get there one day and be like, okay, I'm happy. Life is great. And it's going to continue that way. Like it ebbs and flows. And so the fact that you recognized it and then you immediately made the changes after to make sure that you had learned from doing that, like, that's all you can do. Like, I right, think that's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. Is there anything else that you would like to leave our listeners with before you go? Oh my goodness. That's a lot of pressure. Let me think here a second. (laughs) I would say that, um, as a mom and a wife, it's easy to feel guilty making that time for yourself, but you have to consciously remember that if you're not at your best, you can't be the best for your family. You can't pour from an empty cup. So you have to keep, you take care of yourself or you can't be there for the ones that you love. And that is so, so important. And sometimes I do still feel guilty making the appointment for the massage when I know we have a hundred things to get done at home, but I've, and my husband's very understanding and he knows like, I need those things and I need to take care of myself because there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes as a farm wife and farm mom. And, um, it is a lot of stress. So definitely it's okay to slow down and just be, (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's something that every person needs as a great reminder. Tell our listeners where they can find you though. So where they can buy beef from you so that they can get the real American beef (laughs) experience (laughs) and where they can connect with you online. Yes. So uh, online, you can find me. I share a, a lot of our farm story on Instagram. My handle is just my name at Jenna Auctioner. It's J E N A O C H S N E R. It's a very German last name. Auctioner is actually the way to say it, but no one ever spells it right. So I spelled it for you. <laughs> Double O Farms is our farm, and that's the same one that um, my husband's family has been a part of. They settled on actually the ground that we live on in 1885. And uh, we're now raising the sixth generation here and it's still the same farm name. 
Um, and so I share our websites, doubleofarms.com shop.doubleofarms.com is where you can buy our beef. I do have a YouTube channel. I haven't shared on in a long time, but I do have plans up and coming for that. And that's just uh, double O farms on YouTube as well. Oh, fantastic. We will put all of that in the show notes too. So that easy for them all to just click on it and, and do all the things. So thank you so much for being here today. It has been a true pleasure getting to chat with you and, oh, I'm just so excited that you were able to come hang out with me. Yes. Thank you so much, Marissa. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And Come back next week for another episode and we are going to be diving into a whole new series, which is super exciting. So don't want to miss it. And I will be here cheering you on. That's it for this week's episode of self-care with Marissa Rader. Thank you for joining me and listen, if you enjoyed it and think your BFF or any other woman, you know, might benefit from it, send them a link share this episode or screenshot it and share it on Instagram and tag me at marissa.rader. And hey, if you haven't already, come hang out with me on the gram where I share all things building a life you truly love in order to help you be the best version of yourself. Until next week, I will be here cheering you on.